Hello, Edith. I just need somebody to talk to, and I was like, damn, by God, I ain't got no woman. So, what? So I'm still gay, so I'm gay more, gay more, gay. I'm not gay no more, not gay. So please, so I ain't got no man. Who got time for that? So, honey. I mean, like, really. Anyway, that reminds me, talking about, um, you know, I was like, I mentioned, like, the government versus the intelligence bias, and I thought it was so important because, you know, as we look at the new administration and the school gyms and really athleticism and, you know what I'm saying? Like, I truly deserve that ass, and since, you know, intelligence has been a friend of ours and we love their father, we just, Maybe we can like get some television bites up in there for them high schoolers. You know, some of them, you know, man, yeah. obesity prevention. You ain't got no block lines I'm just saying, as we reset and we retrofit and so forth and so on, I like tail, you know, tail of change. But then that reminded me, you know. And I thought to myself, you know, well, maybe they might not be so interested because of the whole, you know, like, little bit of, like, misconception about most, like, doing stunts. I mean, mind you, it's a TV show. It's a movie. It's an experience. It's arts and entertainment. And you know what happens? You will fall into the thought pattern, obviously, that if whatever happens on TV is somewhat realized to people, and some people take it as face value. And absolutely, I mean, I guess you kind of should, right? That's what's out there. I mean, that's what sticks with you. But obviously, that was just, like, coincidental. Um, and I love television. I've been on them a couple of times. And what's interesting, sort of pandemic, I saw people, obviously, when the gyms were closed and they weren't able to go to the gym, I saw people getting television bikes, like, delivered, like, to their homes. It was kind of and I was thinking to myself, like, research what it really costs to, like, probably lease one or whatever, what, you know, lease a bike or something. But I thought it was really cool to see that in New York City, bikes being delivered and, like, more than one Peloton bike, you know, throughout COVID. So they just got to, like, a good rip to get them delivered for COVID. Um, that's note to self. But I thought to myself, you know, kind of like that whole press opportunity just went, like, kind of weird. Stock market wise, I was like, so would the government envy us? But I was like, you know, <laughs> lady old me. <laughs> oh, I was like, what's that car place out in Queens that used to have? That big old place. And you can have mad commercial, like a lot of commercials. It was like really big. Because guess what? Like the government came across it too. It was like, oh my god, this place people are so weird and they're crazy, and like a lot of people have a lot of issues with them. They got a lot of complaints. And the cop, the chief, was like, oh, like months later, probably a year later, it was like, oh, the government just purchased the whole fleet from them. So was, you know, people were like, okay, well, this makes template sense, or at least the whole fleet from that. I was like, you know what, uh, the reality is every business and every opportunity 
and I talk about small business, and here we go, how we spend the change. Oh, Major work, Major Autoland. I think I remember y'all. You remember Major Autoland? It's like Publishers Clearinghouse when you grow up, and it's like bingo on Saturday morning. It's like phones are ringing, they're calling everybody, trying to get your 990s or your 1099s or your W2 confirmed, get you a little ride. <laughs> get you some Jocko and you be screwed out the lot. I've never really heard anyone talk about having bad experiences with it in terms of the quality of the cars. I mean, I guess, like, you go in there and you kind of, like, it was so many people. You know, it was so many people, so many cars, so many things to think about. And you know, I'm just like, okay. You know, and I must be, tell you the truth. Like, the first time wasn't, uh, you know, smooth sailing was like, oh, my God, you know, second time. Third time. It's like, let's not go back again. They may see, you know, you have to have your shit together. Well, like a damn near, what you call it? It's like Costco, BJ's at the car. <laughs> I'm fucking host. Sorry, host. That's my friend. Anyways, but the government did business with them afterwards. Yeah, and stuff them, which I thought was really interesting because guess what? But they're thinking probably like shop local, which reminds me of talking about small business and contracting opportunities. You know, people often think, well, look at me. You know, what's my opportunities and how can, you know, it. This is whole conversation about women empowerment and like the mayors making decisions, women and policing and then power policing, women, women, women and minorities, you know, black Asians and the various cultures that considered minorities. What does that really mean? And when I think about all the issues, I don't think about necessarily, you know, they talk about diversifying the department. I when I hear that, I think about contracting and doing business with the city. Here's why, because to be honest with you, I mean, it's all about the business and the reality is so much work to get done. And if you know government like I know government, how they ain't really looking to add more people to the payroll, no shade. They would rather do a contract and that's the, the way they do business. Truth be told, absolutely the fact, outsourcing. And so if that's the kind of the direction, why not remind ourselves that that is the way our government works from the bottom to the top. It's all about pushing out resources, whether it's the city and state and the local governments, the counties to do work. And then from there, they make the decisions whether or not they're going to do it themselves or share it with the community for business and contracting opportunities. And that comes to RFPs, which are request for proposal, request for application, request for qualification, bids, which are not even that serious, honey, where you just put in a number, you fill an application, you have your insurance, you might have to pay a, a bidder fee and you know, and so forth and so on, or get a bond or whatever, and it's done, okay? And yeah, honey, which sometimes the insurances are looking so listen, the reality is, once again, I want to remind people, the way to really, 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 really look at this, the way I see it, everybody's doing business with New York, okay? Now it's your time. If you've ever thought about doing business, whether it's a barber shop, a restaurant, or a liquor store, or, you know, or a bar, whatever that might be, 
is doing business in and with New York, um, whether or not you're contacted to them or with them, or you're just selling or doing business with the general public, you're doing business in New York. And this is all what's about here, you know what I'm saying? Everybody comes here to, to make it in. Just tell, you know what? I understand, like, the 9 to 5 doesn't work for everybody. And now the stay-at-home has got really contagious. And it's time to go back to work. But after we go back to work, we're also going into a new season of leadership. And so we have to remind ourselves that to pay attention to get the opportunities. Because after they made the appointments and after they staff the staff, then comes the real work and looking at the opportunities. And we hope to see many of them coming through the pipeline. As we talk about the infrastructure from the White House, there is money that is coming through the pipeline that has been coming through the pipeline. I mean, even through COVID, there was money that came through the pipeline that we invested into our communities while we were helping us keeping us safe. Like the MTA hired cleaners and cleaning companies. Do you know what the millions of dollars they spent on their contracts? Every time I show up at the World Trade Center stop on the E-plane, they're always there. I mean, it's like, it's just, and it smells good, it feels good. It's like, oh my gosh, wow, this is pretty dope. And someone who is relative to the industry is like, you know what? How come I didn't look at that outward thing? So they out there every day, all day, cleaning the planes as they come into the station. And I want to say shout out to those people because they have been there throughout the whole COVID experience. And maybe they haven't been recognized. Maybe they haven't since come out recognized. They are still shouting, showering, and tires watching the subway station at night throughout the, the whole city while it was down. But they're even back and they're still here while the system is 24 hours a day. Just, I just want to remind you that simple things is just wiping down the trains is a contract opportunity. I guarantee you somebody's making at least a half a million dollars, 250, 350 doing that as a staff and it's providing opportunities and walking in with a nice little check and stuff, but most importantly, doing business with the city and state, the MTA. And so they have a lot of things coming through the pipeline, whether it's the new transit hub, uh, the new airport with the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, which is another great contractor. Don't sleep on them. I wish I knew how to damn near put up a damn near, uh, what you call it? <laughs> you know, put up something in the air. <laughs> You know, build something that looks amazing, like they say it's going to be international, and all exceptions for all future welcoming, and a hub for the infrastructure of the global economy and world. I mean, I don't know if they're going to have street walk up in there or no stock up, because you know, <laughs> no street walking stuff, and you know, paint, listen, well, you know, you might have to be an executive paint. They got pain or they got no home repo towels, girls. You gotta get that ghetto. They gonna pick. They wanna pick out the towels. They wanna you know to the shit gotta stay up there and last for thirty years, you know. <laughs> but also to note yourself, you think about these big big concepts, and so as you know, we think about contracting. Part two, what I'll say is. My first opportunity in contract was a subcontract. 
And it was in services and doing youth population. It was an adolescent pregnancy program with the state of New York, OCFS. And it was probably one of the most difficult things I went through because the contractor process was a subcontractor. There was a contractor who got the money and naturally was the CBO organization, and they chose us amongst many people to be the partner community level services. And so oftentimes, the government and these institutions, the port and the MTA and various, you know, departments will actually um, require and say, well, hey, you know, if you're going to do business with someone else, let us know, that's okay. And, but, you know, we would like to see minority contractors, we would like to see such and such and such. And that all goes into, as they talk about the conversations of these things, these are strategic points that oftentimes are sort of things that we have to push out, because it's such a standard, but also you have to like really say what we want, right? Like we want like every single contract to have 50% of that or 40% of it go to minority subcontractors. So the reality is most contractors at the end of the day are subcontracting some portion of it, you know, or they can very easily or wouldn't probably mind. At the end of the day, subcontractors, a lot of contractors, they just paying someone to do the work just like if they were paying an employee, right? And that could be your five or six people or your little team of people to do specific areas. And so, and that's not always kind of easily communicated for the initial process with these departments and agencies and organizations, but the reality, that's something that we also should really push to have come out more transparent at an earlier stage. Um, and the pre-qualifications for that to be a part of that initial application so that we could really start resourcing. And we have qualified lists and so forth. And so I would know that HPD, I love that, that they do that in advance. Just kind of like, oh, can you help us with this? Can you do that? And they'll bring you in, they'll like certify you on just the pre-qualification, your ideas and what you can do. Um, and so that's a process in which, you know, uh, obviously opens doors for minorities. Um, just be able to pitch what they can do. Not necessarily means anything, but the reality what I'm saying is that subcontractors are really, really great with the rate value. Um, and I've seen it happen with the Transit Authority. I've seen minority business. I've had uh, classmates um, while well, I was at the business school at Columbia. And the reality is that guess who had contracts with the MTA? Everybody, oh my God, you have a contract. And when you ask what they do, they're like, I got an electrical contract. Another person had like a signage contract for all of like Columbia University as hospitals and maybe the signage that says here, you know, bathroom here with the braille print on it. And when you think about you're doing a facility, you're talking about a major, major contract. That could be in the upper thousands, like twenty thousand, thirty thousand, just to do signage. You know, and so here's a good thing. I say to people, you know, don't be afraid of these opportunities. People get them. Sometimes it's going to subcontract, but the reality they are worth it. Last but not least, I'll say this to myself and say this to you, is that, you know, the reason why I continue these conversations is because I feel the challenge with minorities is not that we're not excited if we don't talk about starting small business and doing business. Lots of us don't have the know-how, we don't have the encouragement, and the reality we get really afraid by things that we see. For instance, I saw, I went to call Papa John's uh, two days ago, and I said, okay, well, is there Papa John's where I live? And it came up, oh, there's no Papa John's delivery where you live. And right underneath that, it said, 
click here to learn about franchise opportunities. And I went through it and I said it's like, oh, the initial investment was like 750000 or assets and so forth. And that's your net worth. And it started at a million dollars. And I said to myself, naturally, I would be, of course, I don't have those resources, but I would naturally be afraid to literally respond to that field sheet. And I said, well, hey, if you're the bottom of 750 and that's what you require to open a Papa John. But then it also lower in the process said, have you ever ran a pizza shop and done business in the pizza industry? And something said to me, Andre, you know what? What they're really asking for is, somehow or another, I don't believe we're going is at the same level in franchising. And if you know anything about that, then negotiation process. Okay, they can always tell you that. But listen, it's a negotiation process, and they work oftentimes with people who are willing and able. But what I said, just to ask if you ran an oak operate a pizza establishment before, somehow it came to me that not that they were necessarily asking for the experience, but what it said to me is that, you know what? Maybe if I was in a position that I wanted to open a pizza shop, I probably would be better off starting on my own, my own brand, my own thing, putting together whatever I can with the tomato color and kind of like put it together or get somebody to put it together and start with that. Because the ultimate thing is that spoke to me. It was like, you know what, they might be interested in small mom and pop because guess what, it's easier to do the conversion. They understand the business, they understand the situation, they have a storefront already maybe in a location that they might be interested in taking over the territories as they call it. And so, you know, don't be afraid to look at different things. And when they say this thing, think about it logically and read things really uh, with intellectual and what you call emotional intelligence. You know, it's like you get to think, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? I mean, like, if I owned a pizza store and I was doing boom, 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 boom before, why the hell would I be trying to get a proper job? Right? I mean, why? But a proper job is direct business, a feeder. Um, but that also is, you know, the, the businesses have seen the challenge where. In the delivery service, and, you know, Domino's talked about that on TV. I mean, that was interesting how they talked about, you know, they actually came up and said, hey, they're giving out, you know, XYZ number of dollars to the community and the people to come back and order directly from us because we're seeing and our drivers are seeing the pain. And I was like, okay, moving along. Anyway, I just want to point that out. Taxi cabs, medallions, Airbnb owners. I mean, damn near every damn, what's too much, Uber, <laughs> Amazon, small business, and everybody's trying to fit it in, but at least small businesses and Amazon work together, and they do good work, you know, you see their stuff on the shelves in the freezers, locally, local, 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 they get kind of schools, Macy's also has that, you know, a great program, the entrepreneurship where they put your stuff in the shelf, you go to look for it. I mean, get things out there, don't sleep on it. Get your products on Macy's shelf. I've sent a couple of people, they're like, they're afraid to do it. I'm like, girl, you can't do this, you this, 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 The best of the best they're doing one year. They kept a promise, they've been working towards it. 
And that's all you gotta do in small business. And check out the new CM Suite services. We'll be talking more about this. It's a long conversation of encouragement. And have a good day. Thank you very much. Don't forget um shop small business this time of the year to shop. They need to do a tax free thing. I mean, hold up one second. You know these governors as they run, they offer tax free stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? For like a little season. Who's going to Woodbury Common Day for that? <laughs> Woodbury Common. I haven't been there in years. Woodbury Common. Lord have mercy. A winter towel or FedEx. A bubble jacket. Look at the coach bag from Fort Pat. <laughs> That's right. Maybe we'll get a little tax free tea to see in a couple of days of like tax, tax, tax free. Considering all the assessments. <laughs> Somebody say no tax levy, y'all. <laughs> That's another subject. We'll educate the general public on what that means. Uh, it's a fictitious speaking word. That's all it is about. What I'm going to sit here and talk about. Tax levy dollars is levying on shit that's yet to come. It sounds like what it is. They levy on what they expect. These taxes are supposed to come levied on your asses. Okay, on whatever is supposed to come. But then they got kind of stuff that's like, you know, straight up gangster. <laughs> you know, anybody, stop local. The New York City business improvement districts have some wonderful things and Marketplaces, Union Square, Grand Central, Battery Park, whatever you call it. I mean, yeah, it's everywhere. Um, Ruth, Dr. Ruth's got a little play over in Battery Park City. If you want to learn about sex and go there, you know, if you don't, well, she got a little play, one man play going on. Dr. Ruth. Okay, that's not my problem if you ain't having no lie after the whatever. But anyway, she got that. There's so much going on in the city. Broadway is open and things are going. They're still showing stuff. Mugs still jumping up and clicking, you know, doing the arts thing. And there's supposed to be some new shows that are coming up the bra Broadway. So see you in the um future. 